This is Tim Tapp wishing you and yours a very happy new year. At the stroke of midnight on that great holiday, gonna have a ball and that ain't all gonna chase the blues away. I'll be bringing in a brand new year, bringing in a brand new year. Gonna have a dance, take a chance of romance while bringing in a brand new year. is in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border And politicians build a new world order too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got a big free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn you wet. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am indeed your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap. And I'm coming to you from historic, lovely, scenic, beautiful Roan County, Tennessee. And, uh, you know, we're, we're doing that uh, usual thing. It's, it's New Year's Eve. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends of all ages, uh, it is indeed. Uh, for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on uh, terrestrial radio stations across the country, like KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, that'll be the reason why it sounds a little dated by the time you hear this broadcast. Uh, 
I am here uh, doing this thing live on December 31st, 2021, and we're going to ring out the old year together. Uh, we've, uh, we've got things going. I'm a little bit... Uh, sorry, I'm taking a peek down here uh, at a message I just received. Uh, Doug is trying to make sure that I get uh, this broadcast squared away uh, in time to uh, rebroadcast it on uh, the last frequency uh, tonight. Uh, so uh, evidently I've got the slot open uh, for Friday. He was actually just contacting me just as I was getting started uh, in regards to possibly going live there tonight. And you know what? I, I don't know that I don't necessarily want to do that. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But at any rate, uh, we're here. It is the last day of the year. We're broadcasting a little bit earlier than usual because I got out of the day job a little earlier than usual. Not a whole lot going on. Got uh, got home in time to do this and to gear up to watch the college football playoffs here in just a little bit. Uh, should certainly be interesting. Of course, the good guys in orange uh, took it on the chin uh, in the Music City Bowl just last night, and it uh, is a kick in the pants. And as a football player, period, just the other day we lost John Madden, which you know, if you're a, a football fan of any length of time, you, you know the impact John Madden has had on the sport. And when we lost him, that was that also was a kick in the pants. But then today, just a little while ago, breaking news, Betty White has passed away. Betty, who is 99 years old at the time of her passing, she was just a couple of weeks away from her 100th birthday. There were big plans to have a special celebration on television for her. She's clearly one of the longest-lasting television personalities, has one of the longest uh, television careers of anyone in the business. Uh, she's also made a few movies along the way as well. But, uh, man, here it is on Friday, December 31st, the last day of this year. And 2021 wasn't quite done taking things from us. A true national treasure, Betty White, dead at 99. Uh, she's won Emmy Awards. Uh, she started on TV back in the 1930s. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys can remember that far back. I mean, I know a lot of you folks out there listening weren't even born quite yet. But I also know uh, the demographic on this show tends to, to be a little bit uh, in the older range. So a lot of the folks are going to know a lot of her career. I know a lot of you probably remember her best or most at the very least, uh, much like myself from her role on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Of course, she introduced herself, or I should say reintroduced herself, to a new generation of folks when she was on The Golden Girls as Rose Nylon. Uh, I just, it's crazy. On January 17th, just a few weeks from now, she would have been her 100th birthday. And I feel like we've, uh, I feel like we've been robbed. I do. It's, I've had a lot of robbed experiences in the last 24 hours. But I really do feel as if uh, as if we've lost something special there. Uh, very, very sad. Uh, but you know, let's let's get all this out of the way. Good grief! 
Okay, also in the news worth uh, discussing just a little bit, the Colorado governor has reduced the 110-year sentence for the truck driver who killed four people. Uh, if you hadn't been following this story, and I know I haven't had much of a chance to talk about it on air, but it is something I've been kind of watching uh, on the sides. Uh, there was a truck driver who was sentenced to 110 years in prison for his role in a deadly crash. Well, he's had his sentence reduced to just 10 years uh, by the governor of Colorado. Yeah, there we go, tongue-tied. Uh, Rogel Menderes, a 26-year-old truck driver from Texas, was given a lengthy sentence due to Colorado law following the deadly uh, crash. Uh, the truck driver maintains that his brakes failed on a downhill grade outside of Denver, causing him to fatally strike four people. During his trial, prosecutors argued that the driver acted recklessly in his decision prior to the deadly crash. Uh, what they're talking about here is there is a runaway truck lane, uh, and he failed to take it. Uh, he was traveling an estimated 85 miles per hour on a stretch of road with a 45-mile-per-hour speed limit for commercial vehicles. He was literally sentenced to 110 years in prison. This was a 28-car crash and a fire caused by his failed brakes. Millions signed a petition to argue that uh, the driver's sentence was too steep, and on Thursday, the governor agreed, calling the crash a tragic but unintentional act. The governor said in the statement, uh, while you are not blameless, your sentence is disproportionate compared with many other inmates in our criminal justice system who committed intentional, premeditated, or violent crimes. Uh, the governor then added that the case highlights the lack of uniformity between sentences, uh, saying this was a tragic event that affected many Coloradans. Uh, though your actions have caused immense pain, I am encouraged by your personal reflection and the commercial vehicle safety changes that were made in the wake of this tragedy uh, to ensure this type of event never happens again. So uh, the governor stepped in and tried to do the right thing. So, uh, you know, uh, hat tip there. Uh, and it is the right thing. I mean, I, I get it. The guy, he should be held accountable. And there is a certain degree of accountability that has to be met in a situation like this. But 110 years uh, does seem a little over the top, especially when we let hardened cold-blooded murderers and and child rapists out of prison sometimes in less than five years. Come on, for the love of Pete, uh, there has to be some level of consistency here. And, you know, the 10 years, uh, I don't know how appropriate that is, but it is certainly a lot more appropriate than 110 years. So, again, you know, uh, good to see justice being served, at least to some degree. Uh, the Biden administration is deciding whether or not they want to change what they mean when they say fully vaxxed. Uh, of course, that means, as many of us have been speculating for a little while now, I'm sure a lot of you have had this conversation around the kitchen table, how long is it going to be before 
everybody in the federal government starts saying it's only a matter of time. If the booster is available, then maybe you should get it. Maybe you should get the booster. If it's approved for you to get the booster, maybe you should get it. Not just are you in a classification of people at higher risk than average. Nope, nope, not a concern. It is, do you have a heartbeat? Do we have an excuse to try and control you? Oh, wait, they don't say that last part out loud. I mean, <laughs> they're saying it pretty loudly, just not in those exact words, right? All right, so anyway, now the Biden administration is finally getting around to officially deciding whether or not they're going to change the inclusion of booster shots in what they mean when they say fully vaxxed. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, more information coming around uh, that continues to support the idea that the Omicron variant doesn't attack lungs like other COVID-19 variants do, which is part of why it is much more mild than the other variants of COVID. And your and my favorite member of the House of Representatives that does not represent us, uh, Miss Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, managed to find herself in a little bit of hot water as she's decided to get out of Dodge. You know, very, very vocal against Ron DeSantis and everything going on in Florida and, and how horrific it is there. Meanwhile, she gets out of New York where they're having a huge spike in COVID-19 cases, uh, primarily Omicron, uh, to go to Florida. Uh, she gets caught uh, down enjoying a beverage and, uh, well... It hasn't worked out too well for her. A lot of people have decided to go on the attack. Social media has decided they want to have her number. And it's gotten so vicious that in true Ocasio-Cortez fashion, one of her staffers, in an effort to change the conversation, decided to call Israel a racist European ethnostate, you know, to appease the so-called progressives and to change the conversation topic, hoping that, you know, they would much rather take a lot of heat for attacking Israel than they would like to take heat for her being, what's the word here? Oh yeah, a hypocrite. And that's the only reason I even bring up this story. I didn't think it was that big of a deal other than being a little tone deaf when Ted Cruz went on vacation uh, to Mexico while Texas was suffering with high numbers of COVID cases not that long ago. I was thinking to myself, and I'm pretty sure I said it on air, it's like if I could afford to take a uh, vacation in Mexico and could travel without concerns about the restrictions, uh, why wouldn't I go? So why should I be mad at him? But then you see, uh, Senator Cruz doesn't represent my district. So it's understandable that I don't particularly feel that offended by a decision to take a vacation, no matter where it is. However, as you will recall, attempting to put myself in the shoes of someone in the district, clearly it is a bit tone deaf. It does appear to be a bit privileged. And uh, considering that AOC was one of the loudest voices condemning Ted Cruz at the time, it does seem just a touch hypocritical for 
AOC to be hanging out in Miami Beach right now while New York City is literally setting pandemic record number of cases. So, you know, just just thought it was interesting to discuss that topic. Uh, evidently, Bernie Sanders wanted Warren Buffett to get involved in a labor strike, and uh, and Mr. Buffett said no. And uh, in 2021, America's population grew at the slowest rate since the founding of the nation. Replacement level birth rates is necessary for a civilization to survive. We're not at those levels right now. If you, if you have had your head buried in the sand to the point that you don't realize that our American civilization isn't in danger, this is just one more clue to help you eventually to figure it out. We are in trouble as a civilization. We have been for a while. The political left, the globalist political left, not just in the United States but around the world, has been looking to destroy the United States for a long time. Cloward and Piven finally clued them in on the only true way to do it, and that's to destroy us from within. And they've been working full-time at that. And, man, I don't know I don't know what else to say, but that is another headline that if you missed it, it's worth uh, taking a peek at. I mean, our, our population grows at the slowest rate since the founding of the nation. Ridiculous. All right, so much for the quick hits. Let's get into some of the major stories uh, I want to talk about today. Uh, I'm going to start with education in one part of the country, and then we're going to end with education in another part of the country and two very different types of stories, uh, but certainly noteworthy nonetheless. Uh, we'll try to sneak this one in before the halfway point of the first hour, so I'm going to have my hands full. Uh, we're looking in Chicago right now. Evidently, Chicago's Teachers Union has issued a list of demands uh, for return to in-person learning, and they expect it to be met in its entirety uh, by this coming Monday. Okay, so here's the article. Chicago Teachers Union Local Number 1 issued a list of demands late Thursday, that of course being uh, December 30th, 2021, telling Democratic Mayor Lori Lightfoot that their concerns should be addressed prior to students' return to in-person learning. That is, of course, scheduled for this coming Monday, January 3rd of 2022. Quoting here from the, uh, from the tweet that was issued, our union proposes Mayor Lightfoot and her CPS team must put mitigations in place, including COVID-19 testing, by January 3rd to ensure safety as classes resume. If mitigations are not in place, in-person learning must be paused so the district can implement proper safety measures. So... Hmm. What are some of the other mitigations they want, you may ask? Because, I mean, maybe it's not that unreasonable. Maybe it's something that you could expect a school system to do in a few days' time when school's actually out of session. Now, well, 
let me enlighten you. The list of demands included, but were not limited to, uh, the following bullet points. Uh, bullet point one, a requirement for all staffers, students, vendors, and volunteers to take and provide proof of a negative uh, PCR test within 48 hours of returning to classrooms. Next bullet point, 300 testing sites as well as take-home tests for any students or members of the community who could not get one. Okay, so now this is going beyond what's happening within the school. Next bullet point, implement pauses in in-person learning if the COVID-19 case numbers reach certain thresholds, returning to classrooms only when mitigation efforts provide results. Now, that, based on looking around and seeing how these mitigation efforts have worked, is basically saying that we're just not going to do it. I mean, they know these efforts that they're asking for haven't worked anywhere previously and aren't likely to suddenly magically become effective. Now, I'm just saying. Next, expectation, I'll call it. Uh, reinstate the health screener policy that was used during the 2022 to 2021 school year. Uh, also, uh, next bullet point, provide KF94 and KN95 or N95 masks to all students and staff who need them, including pediatric-sized masks for students who require those. Uh, I'm not sure what a pediatric is, but a pediatric, uh, of course, meaning child sizes. Uh, next bullet point in their uh, list of demands, a mandatory shift to remote learning if 20% of the staff are quarantined due to exposure or infection. And I'm going to also include this next one. Principals must have the authority to transition individual classes to remote learning if an individual in that class tests positive. Now, you notice they said principals must be allowed to make the call. They don't want it to have to go up uh, to the superintendent. They don't want to have to get anybody else involved. They want the principal of the school to be able to say, oh, we got one case. Uh, everybody go home. <laughs> okay, so the Chicago's Teachers Union raised the possibility of going to remote learning earlier in the week. Uh, we don't think we had an opportunity to talk about that much. May have mentioned that in one of those quick hit headlines, but I don't recall now if we did or not and may not have. But the union posted a safety survey on its website and uh, Meanwhile, they're ostensibly looking to determine how many union members would support a move to remote learning. Uh, that did not go as well as they had expected. But at the end of the day, exactly how good do you expect it to go? We're literally talking about making a list of demands uh, public and making it public before you take that list of demands to the mayor's office and the school system task force with only a few days to comply. I'm sorry. If you hand me a list of demands that includes more than two demands that are, are, are not easily achievable, 
on a Thursday and expect me to have it fixed by the time you come back at the end of the long weekend, which this is a long weekend being uh, the New Year's uh, weekend, I'm thinking to myself, exactly how would any of this be reasonable? Even if everything on the list you're asking for is reasonable, you've went and become unreasonable in the time frame in which you're giving me to, you know, try to meet your request. I'm going to say your request in an effort to sound diplomatic. Because if somebody hands me a list of demands, I'm done right there. If I'm the mayor of a city and somebody who works for the city comes in and says, this is what has to happen for us to go back to work, I'm thinking, well, then you're not going back to work. I'm going to hire somebody who will do the job. You know, you agreed to do the job, and uh, you're probably, uh, being in Chicago, uh, better paid than most of the people that do the same job or possibly even a better job um, in other parts around the country. So I'm not going to feel too bad for you when you suddenly feel like, eh, we don't want to do this. Now, I get that you live in a part of the country where probably the only media you get is the Uber leftist legacy media where you're you've been led to be terrified under the panic porn that is COVID nineteen reporting. So maybe some of you are legitimately frightened. Maybe some of you are legitimately scared to death of what may or may not happen. But there's a good number of the folks, especially involved in the union that knows better. So, again, I'm, I'm not feeling particularly, um, what's, what's a good word here? Uh, not feeling particularly sympathetic. That's, that's a good word. I'm not feeling particularly sympathetic to the teachers union here. Even though I recognize that some teachers may be of an older age. In fact, those are probably the better teachers that you have. And they should probably be in a situation where they are getting uh, a little extra protection from the virus. You know, they should be the ones who are permitted to wear the actual uh, KN95 masks that are capable of helping to avoid exposure to a virus. You know, your standard cloth mask doesn't cut it. It's virtue signaling. It's, and in my case, when I go someplace, it still requires them to go in, that I decide that I'm going in regardless. Uh, I'm, I'm getting styled up. I've got some Star Trek uh, masks now. I've got some South Park masks, uh, a few other cool stuff that my uh, wife <laughs> picked up for me. And so I'm styling like everybody else. It's, it's about a fashion statement at this point, and I'm uh, waiting to go pick up some Let's Go Brandon masks. I'm sure those uh, are already available somewhere. I just haven't come across any uh, that uh, I like well enough to pay what they're asking for. So, you know, we'll we'll get there, I'm sure, at some point. But, you know, if you have older teachers, maybe you do let those older teachers teach from a distance. But it's still far worse for these students to not be in a classroom and to not have interactions. And if you have to put a teaching assistant or some substitute in the classroom to monitor the class while the teacher is conducting distance learning from home, I think that's a reasonable compromise. 
And I think that at the end of the day, while that may cost a little more than just having the teacher come in, it's still probably cheaper than some of the things these people are asking for. So why can't reasonable compromises be made? Why can't people recognize the fact that they, many of these folks, have a contract to do these jobs? And the contract says you show up for work. And I'm all about if you're in part of an at-risk group taking reasonable precautions. I, I am. If you need to stay away from a bunch of younger people that are already sick, so be it. You should be able to, and you shouldn't have to put your life on the line to do your job unless your job is one of those that requires you to do so. But once again, the premise here isn't even about asking for reasonable stuff. Because while they have a lot of the protocols easily ready to be triggered and turned on because they had been utilizing most of these protocols in the last school session, if they were truly, truly interested in doing their jobs, if they were truly interested in teaching the children, there are three things that would be very different about this list of demands. Number one is they wouldn't wait to the last minute to give this ultimatum. I mean, you, you would be saying months ago, hey, guys, this is a situation. This is a circumstance. I know we're supposed to come back at this date. We don't feel comfortable doing that just yet. Here are our requests. These are the things we would like you to address. Please, can you, can you address these items before our return in January? That would be the reasonable place to start. Now, being part of a union, then you have to come from a position of strength. And then from a position of strength, instead you say, this is what's unacceptable. This is what must be done to correct the unacceptable circumstance. But you still give them a reasonable amount of time if you really want that to be done. You're a joke. Surely you're joking if you give such a small window that there's literally no humanly way possible. And when you're fighting the bureaucracy, you know the one thing that it's going to take, even the simplest request, a long time. If you, if you don't give them a reasonable amount of time to try to make it happen, then you were never expecting it to happen anyway. Okay. One of the other things that would be very different if they were really interested in teaching children is that they would recognize the fact that uh, the most detrimental thing to these children over the course of the last year has been the remote learning. In-person learning is the only thing that keeps uh, the level of interpersonal development on track so that these students can can find a way of dealing with uh, larger problems in life uh, other than just the academic ones. Most people are not built, and certainly most children are not built for remote learning in the first place. Now, some of us can excel at it. Some of us are quite good at it. But the problem is it's only some. Whereas the majority, if you put forth an effort, the in-person learning is an invaluable tool. Most helpful indeed. But hey, that's just me. What do I know? 
All right, I'll tell you what I know. I know that it is time to take the mid-hour break. So you guys stay right where you're at, and I'll be back on the other side of this brief break. This is Tim Tapp wishing you and yours a very happy New Year. We wish you the merriest, the merriest, the merriest, yes, the merriest. We wish you the merriest, the merriest, the merriest you cheer. We wish you the happiest, the happiest, the happiest, yes, the happiest. We wish you the happiest, the happiest, the happiest New Year. May your tree be filled with happiness, happiness and friendliness for all. May your heart be filled with cheerfulness, happiness and cheerfulness for all. We wish you the happiest, the happiest, the happiest, yes, the happiest. We wish you the merriest, the merriest, the merriest. You'll cheer and the happiest. George Washington Carver wrote the famous quote, Where there is no vision, there is no hope. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the one you want in your cup. The United States of America was founded primarily upon principles that enabled those of thrift and personal industry to achieve success and more importantly, leave the legacy of being an example of overcoming the odds with God's grace making what was an impossible dream into accomplishment. In my thoughts, I am often reminded of the countless sovereign Americans who refused to allow bitterness and hate to become their life story. Still others rejected the fear of stepping out and boldly traveled the road of success in their lives. To my fellow Americans, I beseech you to embrace God's gift of life in this, the greatest nation ever known, and let us seek providential guidance and grand vision of greatness and seize it. If we do, the United States of America will be great again. So help us God. I'm Ron Edwards. Enjoy the Ron Edwards American Experience 3 p.m. Eastern Time daily. To find out where, go to theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello, this is Dan Perkins for your Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. What veterans who are homeless or at risk of homelessness should do for help? Veterans who are homeless or at imminent risk of homelessness are strongly encouraged to contact the National Call-In Center for Homeless Veterans at 877-4-AID-VET. That's 877-424-3838 for assistance. If a veteran does not have access to a phone or the Internet, only then are they to visit the closest VA medical center without calling in advance. All veterans should contact their VA medical center before visiting for any reason. These steps are necessary to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So here's your veterans tip of the day. Contact the VA at 877-424-3838 for more information. The VA wants to help. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. Never let 
right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break where we heard both Ron Edwards and Dan Perkins uh, as we did the Songs and Stories for Soldiers and Veterans Tip of the Day, as well as the Edwards Notebook. Always so happy to have both of those uh, as part of the show. And uh, I need to get some new uh, Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. Uh, gotta reach out. I still haven't reached out to Dan yet. I have not found the time to do so, and uh, I've just been bad. I've been a very naughty radio host. And uh, speaking of naughty radio hosts, uh, you need to be listening to other uh, radio hosts, uh, people like Dan Perkins, uh, and of course, uh, Ron Edwards, and Ann Ubellis, and uh, Don Smith, and you know, everybody over at the Global Patriot Radio Network, and you know, a ton of other people's, uh, uh, Rod Eccles, for example, and you know, just... Well, I mean, everybody. Uh, there's there's so many people you've heard me mention before. Uh, I want to take an opportunity real quick, too, to remind you that most of the music that you'll hear uh, in bumper possessions and uh, positions and intro and outros uh, comes from uh, Matt Fitzgibbons, a great historian and even better musician. Uh, he has graciously given me permission to use his stuff, and I would like to, in turn, send you to his website, uh, patriotmusic.com, to go check out uh, everything he's got going, especially when it comes to uh, new uh, materials. When he's working on new projects, that's the place to go to find them, as well as uh, the best places to go pick up copies of his work, uh, should you decide that you yourself would very much uh, like to have some of his material because, hey, let's face it, it's some pretty cool tunage. All right, I also want to take this opportunity before I jump back into these stories for today to ask you to please uh, visit Patriot's, uh, uh, My Patriot Supply. That's uh, where I want to send you. If you're listening to the podcast, wherever you're listening to the podcast at, then uh, you've got the opportunity to take a look at the show description. And in today's show description, you will see a link. I will need you to copy that link in its entirety and then paste that into your web browser so that you can, at that point, uh, move forward uh, to visit My Patriot Supply. And by using that link in its entirety, that's how they know I sent you. Now, as an affiliate, I don't get paid anything unless you make a purchase. And then I get a very small commission. However, even if you're not going to buy anything, uh, if you keep visiting using my link, they recognize that that's traffic generated from here. So that increases the possibility uh, of at some point down the road them becoming a sponsor. And if we can make the sponsorship happen, then that changes the financials and I get to put way more effort into this show and continue to make it better and better. So if you like to show well enough now and would like for it to get better, uh, that would be a good thing to do. When I ask you to go visit a website, go visit the website. Uh, if I ask you to use a specific link, use that specific link. I know, complicated. And I probably sound like I'm talking down to you. I really don't mean to. Uh, just really hoping that some of you guys like the show enough that you'll want to go do that. Anyway, with that having been said, what do you say we move on to the next point of contention? Uh, that point of contention, of course, has to do with My Patriot Supply. Because nobody has been using uh, the idea of self-reliance 
uh, in a fashion that's positive with maybe the acceptance of My Patriot Supply. Because they've been trying to help you be completely self-reliant for longer than anybody else in the business. And right now as we're uh, mere hours away from moving into 2022, the idea of being self-reliant should be appealing to more people than ever. And even though we are past Christmas, uh, it is still not too late for you to give the gift of self-reliance in the event that you feel like you've got your business squared. you got everything that you need on lockdown, but you know some folks that probably could use a little more assistance in that, uh, that particular arena. Then, again, uh, visiting My Patriot Supply is probably one of the best ways to help these folks to become self-reliant, too. You cannot truly enjoy the blessings of individual liberty unless you have individual responsibility and part of that individual responsibility is being self-reliant my patriot supply does way more to help you with that than anybody else in the business so again Uh, Just asking you to take a time to use the links there. And if you're not listening to the podcast, if you're listening on The Last Frequency, or if you're listening to the rebroadcast uh, great radio stations across the country, and you don't have that show description in front of you, then please, a little bit later, might be easier for you to remember, just go visit my website, uh, Tap Into The Truth. That's T-A-P-P, Into The Truth, all one word, dot com. And uh, there you'll see some banners. You'll click on one of those banners. It'll do the exact same thing for you. So there you have all that. And now we're going to jump back to the show. Uh, We were talking about uh, Galene Maxwell being convicted the last time we got together. Uh, Some interesting follow-up to go along with that, because now, literally one day after Miss Maxwell's conviction, uh, the feds say that they're dropping the criminal case against the guards that were supposed to be watching uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Kind of strange. So this past Thursday, again, the day after Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend, Miss Maxwell, was found guilty of five of the six sex trafficking counts that were being Uh, prosecuted against her. Federal prosecutors announced that they had filed notice in Manhattan federal court that they were dropping their criminal case against two Manhattan Bureau of Prisons jail guards who were supposed to guard Jeffrey Epstein uh, the night that he reportedly killed himself, Uh, you know, back in August 10th of 2019. Now, the prosecutors asked a judge to dismiss claims against uh, Tuvanol, 33, and Michael Thomas, 43, who were scheduled to have a public hearing on December 16th, but was canceled the day before. Both guards had agreed to a no-jail deal back in May, and prosecutors stated that the two guards had, quote, satisfactory uh, complied with the non-prosecution agreement and had completed their community service. Now, in May of 2021, both Noel and Thomas admitted that they had falsified prison records. As part of a deal with the prosecutors, they will enter into a deferred prosecution agreement with the Justice Department and will serve no time behind bars, This, uh, according to a report from the Associated Press. 
Nolan Thomas would instead be subjected to supervised release, would be required to complete 100 hours of community service, and would be required to fully cooperate with an ongoing probe by the Justice Department's Inspector General. Quoting here from a report from the Daily Wire, quote, the guards who were supposed to be checked on who were supposed to be checking on Epstein every 30 minutes are accused of checking sports news and shopping for furniture on the internet before taking a nap during Epstein's death. The two are accused of falsifying prison records to make it look like they had been doing their job during the time of Epstein's death. After they discovered the high-profile inmate dead at 6.30 a.m., the officers allegedly uh, told a supervisor that they had messed up and didn't do any checks in the hours before he killed himself. Uh, This, according to the Daily Mail, uh, they said that uh, the two guards were required to jointly conduct institutional counts at 4 p.m., 10 p.m., 12 a.m., 3 a.m., and 5 a.m. of the prisoners in the unit. The pair were only 15 feet away from Epstein when he died. They found him dead when they went to serve him breakfast at 6.30 a.m. The last time they checked on him was at 10.30 p.m. the night before. Now, with Miss Maxwell and her family already publicly announcing that they will be appealing her conviction, that they feel like uh, she still is not guilty of the things that she's been accused of and that they'll, they'll find a way to, to move forward and, and that eventually she will be freed because they have faith in the justice system. This seems an odd move. I mean, they were really quick to let these guards move into this uh, no-jail plea bargain deal in the first place. And the fact that a lot of the information that could have come out in uh, the Maxwell case, uh, could have come out in court, could have been made part of the public record, didn't. And that some things that were offered up as evidence for the record that were never testified about have now been included in sealed records involving the case. There's really only one of two things that could be going on. When you look at just the things that happened in the court case, not the two guards here, either A, there are more investigations ongoing with the intention of bringing some level of criminal charges or B, and now you can include the situation with the two guards, possibly, and I hate to sound all conspiracy theory here, but possibly a cover-up. So, Tim, Tim, why why would you suggest, why would you even contend the possibility of a cover-up here? Clearly, this is just the justice system at work. You don't really want uh, prison guards going to prison, do you? Well, you know, I'd prefer they not commit acts that could potentially put them in prison. I would prefer a prison guard be above 
criminality, that they have the type of character that would keep them from uh, performing actions that would be considered criminal. That would be my preference. So, no, I don't want to put prison guards or police officers or I would love to live in a land where we didn't have to put anybody in jail. I would love that. Uh, that would require, uh, on my part, that there be no crime. All right, uh, unlike uh, these George Soros-backed uh, DAs that are uh, running amok around the country, I'm not looking to, okay, certain crimes are really, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to treat them like crimes. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying legitimately no crime. I would love to live in a country where everybody respects themselves and everybody else enough that they just don't commit crime. That, as ridiculous as it sounds, would be ideal. Now, I know I'm just way off base. that My imagination's running wild believing that that's a possibility. But still, that would be my preference if you're asking. Now... If you're asking if I really want to put prison guards in jail or police officers in jail, then the answer depends on, did they commit a crime? And then, if the answer is yes, they committed a crime, then the next question is, did they commit a crime that is worthy of jail time? And if the answer is still yet, again, yes, then yes, I want to send prison guards to jail. Because... That's what should happen to anybody if they commit those kinds of crimes. So, again, falsifying prison records seems like that should be pretty pretty serious, especially if it ends up resort, resulting in the death of an inmate. Whether you're one of three people in the country that believes Epstein actually did kill himself— or if you believe the possibility that maybe something a little more sinister was afoot. In either case, you're not likely for that event to have happened if the prison guards in this case hadn't been doing their job. If they'd been doing their job, it probably wouldn't have happened, period. But you got to offer up some level of protection, right? There has to look like there's some accountability, but, you know, we're, we're going to pretend for a second. I'm going to slide my my tinfoil hat on here, and we're going to pretend like everything I'm thinking is reality. And there was a, a genuine effort from powerful individuals that would have been implicated from Epstein actually testifying in open court, and that they decided there was only one appropriate way to deal with that, and that's to, to make sure that he doesn't make it to trial. I mean, sure, he's not likely to rat us out, but we can't take that risk. So somebody was pulling strings and making sure that Epstein hung himself with a little assistance. Then they would also be looking to try to make sure that the guards that were supposed to be there to stop that kind of thing and who looked the other way for one reason or another, they want to make sure that they're taken care of. But guys, I would be very careful because their idea of taking care of you may right now, while the heat's still on, look like you don't go to jail. It may look like kind of not killing yourself later. And yet it looks like you killed yourself later. Uh, oh, they weren't ever able to really recapture their lives after the shame and embarrassment of what had happened, and then they became distraught, and eventually they just ended themselves. 
and be real careful, guys. And I certainly would stay away from anybody with the last name Clinton or anybody that has an association with someone with the last name Clinton. I'm just throwing that out there uh, for general purposes. I mean, we're we're right back here. Is it any wonder there are so many conspiracy theories? I literally need to bring back the conspiracy corner to talk about a case like this because why are you dropping the criminal? Well, we agreed to this no jail uh, plea well, way back then, and they've completed the task, so we're okay. But is that really what's happening? Was that an appropriate thing to do? We can ask those questions. Those are legitimate questions. Those do not require a tinfoil hat to ask those questions. They really don't. Because of the risk that Jeffrey Epstein represented in the information that he possessed, the danger, the imminent danger he would have been in because of the people that he could possibly tattle on, uh, there should have been extra security in that area, not lackadaisical security. There should have been concern and detail and people looking to take care of the problem. At least that's what I would think. Why is that not the case? Why would you have a situation where someone as high profile as Jeffrey Epstein at that point in time was not under closer supervision? That to me seems like it would be common sense. That to me seems like an official rationale for an outside-of-the-normal protocol. And based on what the standard protocols were, would that have been enough to protect him? I think not. So again, out of the ordinary, higher than the usual standard protocols to level some, some additional protection for Jeffrey Epstein would have been in order. I would have thought so. I, as a taxpaying American, would have been okay with spending a little extra dollars, mostly because I see the value of what information might possibly have been shared in that court. I'm willing to bet that a high number of taxpaying citizens in the greater New York area would have also been okay with that particular use of their money. When you look at all the other things their money gets spent on, that one probably would have been easy to get approval from uh, the regular average taxpayer on the street. But we, we end up exactly where everybody ends up with questions and nobody has any answers. The only people who know anything for sure are either dead or... Or they've just been convicted and there's already movement afoot to have those convictions overturned. Everybody who knows anything for certain is in a position where they can't talk to the press, to the media. Everybody who knows for certain has no reason to speak out at this point. Unless, of course, you stop for a second to realize that true self-preservation may have a lot more to do with the fact that while you can get bought off, uh, just because you've been bought off doesn't mean a blackmailer uh, or a blackmailee wants to continue to pay you. 
when you mess with certain types of globalist powerful people, if they have taken care of you in that fashion, they're not going to hesitate to take care of you in a different fashion later when the heat's off. That's all I'm saying, guys. You're in a dangerous position. And you put yourselves there. If that's what's going on. And why wouldn't we think that? I mean, we're talking about more than just your average crack, crack pipe, uh, freaking crackpot conspiracy theorist idea notion here. We're talking about something that mm, could reasonably actually happen. You have a large number of globalist elitists who are accustomed to getting their own way, no matter what the circumstances are. They're used to being able to just do what they want, say what they want to say, go where they want to go. Nobody's going to challenge them. Nobody's going to question them. Nobody's going to hold them accountable. Nearly everybody that we know of that visited Epstein's Island falls into that category. A large number of the folks that were on Epstein's plane that took a visit to the island fall into that category. Folks that have an R at the end of their name, folks that have a D at the end of their name, folks that never got into politics but are loud and vocal when it comes to whatever their pet cause of the moment is. Uh, everyone from celebrities from Hollywood to sports figures to freaking from Chris Wallace to, to Bill Clinton, we, we've had a ton of folks that we know have been involved with riding on that plane and who took a trip to that island. And we know that for some of the people that took the trip to that island, illicit things occurred. So Miss Maxwell's little black book, the list of names there, the list of contacts, the list of information that was acquired about those individuals... Sure, some of it was for proposed legitimate business. Some of it, meh, we, we really don't know. And now, the way this is played out, that information is going to be protected. It's going to be kept from the public. We're not going to get the chance to find out. We're not going to get the chance to know. And our attention is going to very swiftly move away from Miss Maxwell, uh, at least until her uh, first appeal. Our attention is going to turn very swiftly. If anybody pays any attention at all to these two uh, prison guards who now looks like they're just going to be released, they're, they're swat on the wrist having been completed. Our attention is going to move away. And, uh, you know, to a certain extent, why wouldn't our attention turn away? We've got Joe Biden still in the White House. We have the Biden administration intentionally trying to prevent would-be rescuers from still trying to evacuate people out of Afghanistan who are targets of the Taliban. People that we should have gotten out before we turned it over to them, if we ever did. And I still don't think we ever should have turned it back over to them. So we got... More Let's Go Brandon moments upcoming in 2022. Why wouldn't our attention turn away? Why wouldn't we feel like we have bigger fish to fry, more important things to look at? But this is the type of net that would have caught a lot of big fish. 
All right, that's going to have to be it for the first hour, ladies and gentlemen. Please don't go anywhere if you're listening to uh, the last frequency where they're going to play both hours uh, consecutively. At least that's my understanding. Or if you're listening to the podcast, because hour number two starts right after this. But if you're listening on Terrestrial Radio to the rebroadcast, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Meanwhile, you guys stay healthy out there. Stay safe if you can. And remember, uh, it's important to stay smart, even if it's against your nature. Uh, 2022, let's go, Brandon. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, let's go, let's go. This is Tim Tapp wishing you and yours a very happy new year. It's just another New Year's Eve, another night like all the rest. It's just another New Year's Eve, let's make it the best. It's just another New Year's Eve, it's just another old Lang Syne. But when we're through this new year, you'll see we'll be just fine.
the damn UN. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, and I'm coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and the time of the live broadcast. It is December 31st, 2021, the final remaining hours of this year is quickly fleeting away. It is New Year's Eve, and for those of you that are listening on the last frequency, and those of you that are listening to the podcast at the time of the recording, then I want to wish every one of you a very blessed and happy 2022. You know what I'm looking forward to. You know what I'm hoping for. And I have a feeling a lot of you are thinking the same thing. Uh, We need to retake the house. We need to uh, uh, re-institute a dominance in the Senate. And I wouldn't be above some magical way, I'm not sure exactly how, of retaking uh, the White House. I mean, uh, perhaps we need to wait till... We've retaken the House, and we have a Republican, uh, hopefully a good conservative Republican, serving as the Speaker of the House. And then we can uh, we can do that impeachment thing and go ahead and take out both parts of Operation P-Pads and Knee-Pads and, uh, you know, uh, conduct business uh, the way the adults are supposed to conduct business. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be the ultimate gift for America. And actually, believe it or not, the rest of the world, uh, with the exceptions of maybe China, Russia, and uh, a few other folks like uh, Iran, you know, so some of those folks, they may not be too happy about something like that, but the rest of the world would be immensely better off. All right, I want to give uh, special shout-outs to everybody that is, in fact, listening on the uh, the last frequency uh, I haven't been given enough love over there here lately. We've we've been rebroadcasting over there uh, quite a bit. Uh, Michael Vera takes care of business over there. Uh, it's been a long road with uh, uh, Michael Vera with uh, programming going on, but the new uh, online platform, uh, I'm very proud to be a part of. I'm always happy to have any anybody that wants to be part of the Tap Into the Truth broadcast family, and uh, definitely uh, happy to be part of that group. Also want to send out uh, a lot of love to the folks in Utah that are listening uh, via Utah's Talk Authority. Uh, Love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, Listening to KYAH 540 AM as I bring a little East Tennessee flavor to Utah's Talk Authority. You guys have been fantastic uh, for a very long time. A lot of love for Michael Bowers over there, too. Uh, I certainly appreciate you guys always working with me and uh, and all the great things that are going over there. Uh, happy to have the program on and being rebroadcast Monday through Friday uh, over there during drive time hours in the morning. Fantastic time slot. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just great. Uh, we've got a few other folks here and there that we'll be uh, touching base with. But, you know, as we start expanding the show's reach again, uh, just uh, always happy to have everybody listening who does. And the most impressive thing to me is how many folks are listening 
to the show in its podcast form because that means you guys have to go look for it. Uh, and it's just phenomenal to see the numbers here lately. Uh, getting back to some uh, of the numbers that we had early in the show's history, back when folks were uh, tuning in uh, hundreds of thousands of listens a week, and uh, uh, we've hit that a few times here recently, and I'm very, very pleased to see those numbers because those numbers, uh, the show hasn't been there uh, in a while, and yet here we are back, and after the hiatus, I guess maybe kind of like, uh, kind of like the McRib at McDonald's, uh, being gone for a while, uh, reawakened your desire to to have that flavor in your life. So, uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, again, uh, I hope everyone listening does in fact have a great new year. Uh, we'll see if we can't get through it together. All right. With that having been said, I guess it's time to jump back into the program. Uh, this is, in fact, the second hour of a two-hour show that has taken place, as I've already mentioned, uh, on uh, December 31st. So we are uh, going through New Year's Eve and uh, had several quick hits in the uh, first hour. And we're going to try to make sure that we hit a certain time frame to make it easier for the folks at the uh, the last frequency to play today's broadcast today uh it's gonna air um start about 7 p.m today so uh, it's gonna be a nice little time slot uh actually back when we were doing uh tap into the truth live uh and doing the broadcast we did a lot of uh a lot of live broadcasting that was uh picked up and was over uh involved with uh that same folks there then and that was kind of great but with that having been said uh, let's let's get to the show because now i'm starting to flounder and stumble and fumble and that doesn't make for great radio let's let's get to the stories so if you were with me a couple of days ago or if you've heard the show from a couple of days ago since then uh you heard me talking about how i was really thinking there was a strong possibility that uh, these child covid cases uh, the numbers were being exaggerated, and I kind of insinuated that the possibility was they were being uh, inflated intentionally to try to bring a new level of fear to the panic porn surrounding COVID-19. I, I did say those things. I have taken some some bruises uh, from some cheap shots uh, on social media as a result of having said it. A few folks sent some very angry messages to me through tapintothetruth.com. I'm okay with that. You guys are welcome to do so. I've got pretty thick skin, and I don't bruise easy. So a few of you, though, landed some good shots. So I I do get a little bruised. But you see, the thing is, I'm going to bring that back up now because it appears that even uh, the vaunted second-best doctor in America... The saint, Anthony Fauci, has come out and said something that kind of indicates my position. I I don't think it was intentional. He certainly wasn't trying to defend me personally. But uh, the second best doctor in America, the second greatest doctor of all time, you know, right behind Dr. Joe Biden, uh, Dr. Fauci said, well, he said something very interesting. You see, Fauci provided some insight regarding the accuracy of the metrics that are being used for counting 
positive COVID-19 cases in children. Uh, this past Wednesday, uh, when I was doing that broadcast and didn't see it live, uh, would have loved to play part of it. He he was over on MSNBC, and uh, he basically told the folks listening there that since all children are tested for COVID-19 when they enter a hospital, regardless of the reason they're there, that a lot of these kids... Uh, that they're being hospitalized, uh, then they're being hospitalized with COVID, not because of COVID. And because of that minor detail, some of the COVID-19 cases can be, how was it he put it, uh, overcounted. So I think it's fair to say that some keen observers would note that many people skeptical of the official COVID-19 counts have already argued that exact scenario was what was going on. And in fact, some of us have been saying that for, well, for quite a while. Uh, as the Washington Examiner reported, Fauci uh, had said that childhood COVID-19 cases were rising for a number of reasons, but that doesn't necessarily mean cause for alarm. Uh, quoting here, first of all, quantitatively, uh, you're having so many more people, including children, who are getting infected. And even though hospitalization among children is much, much lower on a percentage basis than hospitalizations for adults, particularly elderly individuals, when you have such a large volume of infections among children, even with a low level of rate of infection, you're going to see a lot more children who get hospitalized. Now, this was him uh, on the Rachel Maddow show, despite uh, Rachel Maddow being off for the holiday. Fauci added to his statement saying, but the other important thing is that if you look at the children who are hospitalized, many of them are hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. And what we mean by that, if a child goes into the hospital, they automatically get tested for COVID and they get counted as a COVID hospitalized individual when in fact they may go in for a broken leg or an appendicitis or something like that. So it's overcounting the number of children who are, quote, hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. Now, Andy Swain flagged the clip uh, this past Thursday evening and sarcastically tweeted, Fauci regurgitates conspiracy theory that hospitalization data is uh, BS, although he didn't say BS, uh, because most people are in with COVID, not from COVID. Uh, quoting here, Swan added, it's absolutely amazing to watch the experts, all in caps, class say word for word what the banned conspiracy theorists were trying to communicate for the past 20 months. It is kind of interesting, isn't it? Even back in May of this year, researchers at Stanford stated that people were 
vastly overestimating childhood COVID-19 cases for the exact same reasons that Fauci laid out this past Wednesday on MSNBC. Back in May, back before Omicron, back when nearly no children were being hospitalized. So they were saying even that almost zero number was still an overcount even then. And folks at Stanford, Fauci, despite having made this major announcement on MSNBC, he, of course, made no mention whatsoever that overcounting COVID-19 cases was not a novel idea and that others had theorized this was happening before. A reasonable assumption could be made that if hospitals are doing this for children and failing to differentiate between patients with COVID versus patients in the hospital because of COVID, then it's impossible that, I'm sorry, it is possible that they're doing this for adults as well. But then we really wouldn't expect St. Fauci to say that, would we? I mean, how could we continue to trust the second greatest doctor of all time, uh, only surpassed by Dr. Jill Biden? Uh, how could we continue to trust the saint if he admitted that perhaps all along we've been dealing with overcounting of COVID, regardless of the variant. Never mind the fact that we already know this to be the case. We've known for some time. We've seen the numbers. We know about the motorcycle crashes counted as COVID deaths. We know about the gunshot victims counted as COVID deaths. We know about the people that actually didn't even die counted as COVID deaths because they were released from the emergency room and then the paperwork was lost so that an assumption was made. Oh, well, they must have passed away. We'll find the paperwork later. Count them. We know about the multitude of positive COVID uh, tests reported, even here in my beloved home state of Tennessee, uh, when the folks who were in line to be tested got tired of waiting and left. Their name was on the list to be tested, but they took off because they were tired of waiting or they had something else they had to do, couldn't wait any longer. And yet somehow they're informed a couple of days later by phone call that, yes, your test results came back and you're positive. Test results were a test they never took. So, yes, we know that there is a lot of overcounting of COVID cases. Now, I would like to take this opportunity one more time to remind you that this is not me saying that COVID-19 is not a real virus. This is not me saying that certain groups, either based on age or certain other health comorbidities, aren't at a higher risk than average of a serious medical conditions that could potentially lead to death as a result of a COVID-19 infection. I'm not saying any of that is untrue. What I am saying is that we've never had straight numbers. We haven't. And even with the best numbers available, the, the closest to accurate numbers that we have, when you look at this realistically, the number of people who are truly at risk are rather low. 
Now, that, of course, doesn't make anybody who's lost somebody to this feel any better. And I don't mean to diminish or belittle your situation. If you've lost a loved one because of it, then clearly uh, you've had to deal with something that is unfortunate. I think far too many of us get so worked up on focusing on where the stories tell it, take us and where the data takes us that sometimes we forget that there are still real people who are facing real circumstances and real consequences as a result of the situation. As we move into 2022, I'm hoping that more of us will get back in touch with our more humane side. That, that would be ideal. But here I go again being Pollyanna. I know, I know. I'm sorry, guys. But, you know, hope springs eternal. I continue to be optimistic despite every reason in the world not to be. And I want to be a voice that continues to remind you that, hey, there are good reasons to, to maintain a level of optimism. We can choose to be optimistic. We can choose. You can still be realistic while you're being optimistic. You can. It's hard in some situations, but you can. I, I promise you. I, I do it every day. Well, most days. You see, here's, here's where all this falls. How is it that Dr. Fauci is still getting to go on television, even if it is just MSNBC? How is anybody taking what this guy has to say with anything more than a grain of salt? I mean, it would be different if Fauci actually had been what I had hoped he was. You know, if if you're a longtime listener of this show, then you probably remember not that long ago where I was legitimately trying to say, hey, guys, I think this is a guy who's just trying to do the best he can and as the data changes, he's having to change with it. And I held that uh, that opinion up until the point that it became obvious that he was a political hack, that he was operating as a political operative. Yeah, and it wasn't obvious as quickly as a lot of folks would like to pretend. Just because you guys ended up being right doesn't mean you were right to say the things you said at the time you said them. But I'll acknowledge you were right. Dr. Fauci, the second greatest doctor of all time, the highest paid federal employee, he has proven himself to be a liar. And he's perfectly happy with lying to the American public. He said so. He's made it clear. He truly believes that the ends justifies the means. Well, we were just trying to make sure that there wasn't a run on masks. We wanted to keep the mask available. So early, I said masks didn't do any good. I knew that was a lie, but we didn't want people buying up the KN95s because medical professionals were going to need them. So I was okay with lying because you people are panicky, dumb animals. And you, you do crazy. And if you doubt me, may I say a one, excuse me, ah, a one, I love live recording, uh, a one word, compound word, toilet paper. I apologize. That was very rude. And if I'd had any warning, I would have hit the, the uh, button here. Uh, but that just, it came from nowhere, guys. I'm so sorry. 
But it, now you know I am human, and that's going to stay in the show because I'm a human doing human things. And as rude as that was, uh, it, there are still far worse things I could be doing. I, I could be part of the Biden administration. That would be far worse. Okay, anyway, so here we are, and he admits that he's a liar, and he's okay with lying, and he's willing to explain to you why he's lying. And this guy has literally had every position possible when it's come to COVID-19. He clearly looked down on the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist. He looked down on him, but he still stood behind him and kind of nodded and was there to clarify and to answer some questions when uh, Donald had some of those to go. These guys also uh, been okay with beagle puppies being sent to another country so they could perform experiments on them and, and remove their voice boxes, their larynxes, so they, they couldn't continue to bark as they suffered because of the nature of the experiments. He's been okay with gain-of-function research and then okay with covering his own backside by legally changing, legitimately changing the definition of gain-of-function research despite the fact that the definition of what they still claim to have been doing is still pretty damn close to the original definition. And, oh yeah, by the way, it's pretty clear it's still gain-of-function research. He's perfectly okay with sending U.S. taxpayer dollars to Wuhan, China, to conduct gain-of-function research. Why? Because they're part of the scientific community. We're only trying to perform advancements in science, and uh, it doesn't occur to me that scientists— and I know Anthony Fauci doesn't sound anything like that, so don't give me any grief over it— uh, but I know perfectly well that gain-of-function research in China— might possibly be used by the Chinese military as weaponizing research. No, 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 no that's not... They, these scientists would never do that. Poppycock. Yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely Anthony Fauci doesn't sound anything like that. But the point is still a valid one. We know he's a liar. We know he's okay with lying, as long as he can justify why he's lying. And he's perfectly perfectly content with admitting that he was lying before, as long as he feels like he can justify why he was lying. I did it for your own good. Really, Dr. Fauci, do we really need you to lie to us for our own good? Or maybe, maybe what we actually need so that, I don't know, maybe you can maintain some level of credibility, uh, so the media could maintain some level of credibility, so the federal government on the whole could maintain some level of credibility at least on this one, one remaining topic, the COVID-19 response, so you could maintain just a little, just a little credibility. Maybe you could have just tried telling us the truth from the beginning. Just give us the best information available and then let us proceed utilizing our own risk assessment capabilities. Tell us what you think will work. Tell us what you're pretty sure won't work. But don't lie to us. And definitely don't come back and uh, lie to us about having lied to us 
and now saying that, uh, yeah, I know I said that I lied about that, but I really wasn't lying about that because we decided that it wasn't a lie because you need to believe me now. That's some grade A bovine excrement, or actually, I guess in this case, it being COVID and still having a lot to do with gain of function from COVID viruses from bats, we probably should just say bat guano. That's some grade A bat guano right there. Maybe it's just me. I don't know, but that's that's just crazy. So here we are. Fauci admitting that clearly the cases of children being hospitalized with COVID is being overcounted. So he's admitting it, which also means that uh, they're getting busted on that anyway. So it wasn't just me with my, I wonder if they're doing this on purpose. Because why would you do it on purpose? Because, again, you want to control us, the populace. You want to control us with fear. You want to keep the panic porn going. You want to keep what level of control you've established well in hand. Because how dare Americans ever believe that they're free to go about living their lives once again with some level of liberty. That is unacceptable in the minds of these tyrants and Marxists. Tyrants and Marxists. Yep, that's where we are. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and take that mid-hour break right now. If you're so inclined, I will jump right into that. You guys stay right where you're at. I'll be back on the other side. And, uh, you know, Happy New Year, everybody. This is Tim Tapp wishing you and yours a very happy new year. No more champagne and the fireworks are through. Here we are, me and you, feeling lost and feeling blue. It's the end of the party and the morning seems so gray. So unlike yesterday, now. Time for us to say Happy New Year The Sixth Amendment of the United States Constitution states that in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy public trial. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the penalty for trespassing on government property like the United States Capitol Building is six months in jail, plus $1,000 maximum penalty. Yet, Americans who went into the U.S. Capitol Building on January 6th have been detained for more than 10 months. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene and five other representatives have discovered that those still locked up have possibly been physically abused and in some cases denied medical care. Allegedly, authorities are committing misprison of felony. 
by knowing about certain individuals being put in solitary confinement before being indicted. I urge you to join me in contacting our representatives now and demand the January 6 Americans be released today. Thank you, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, for checking in on those still locked up while the Biden regime abuses this entire republic every single day. I'm Ron Edwards. If you want the best coffee ever, simply go to theronedwards.com and place your Christmas order now for Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the coffee you want in your cup. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us through this very brief break. Once again, I join you from the studio, and I'm hoping that you guys can experience a fantastic brand new year. That is the hope. That is the idea. That is the dream. That's where we're at. You know, we are literally right there. We are waiting uh, for the last few hours of 2021 to to slide by. And uh, as we do that, once again, I'm going to mention the fine folks at My Patriot Supply. Uh, again, as we move into 2022, it's more vital than ever that we be completely self-reliant because who knows what kind of insanity is coming next. Uh, who knows if we're going to be able to make it to the... Uh, to the elections upcoming before we have some horrific disaster befall us and you'll find yourself in desperate need of the type of reliance that My Patriot Supply helps us with every day. If you're going to truly enjoy the blessings of individual liberty, you must have individual accountability, individual responsibility, and part of that is being as self-reliant as possible. And nobody has been helping you be self-reliant longer than My Patriot Supply. And again, I'll also remind you, yes, we have passed the point of Christmas, but it's never too late to give the gift of self-reliance to a loved one who may be in need. Uh, please just, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, go to the show description, uh, copy the entire link that exists right out from the uh, the words, My Patriot Supply. Uh, copy the entire link, put that in your web browser, go visit and uh, check it out. And if you decide to make a purchase, please do so while you're using that. That's how they know I sent you. But even if you don't make a purchase, I would also ask that you go ahead and you uh, use that link to go visit and look around and let them know because that still counts as traffic that's being generated from this show. It's being generated from my association with them and could potentially down the road lead to a sponsorship. So it's just another way to kind of help me out, even if you're not prepared to make a purchase. So just saying, thank you so much. And, uh, Please do so as we move into the new year together. Okay, so I promised back in the uh, first hour that we would start, uh, once we dove into the primary topics of the day, with education, and then the, we would end. And then we would end. <laughs> Just, I'm having all kinds of tongue-tied issues. 
We would end with education. Uh, two very different types of educational stories. We started in Chicago with the teachers' union making uh, unreasonable requests, not necessarily because of what they were asking for was all that unreasonable, although some of it was, but mostly because they made their requests on a Thursday, uh, December 30th, uh, for a situation that would have to be remedied by Monday, uh, January 3rd. Uh, a very small window, a small window in which the majority of government employees were off for the New Year's holiday. Yeah. Well, I wish that was the worst story involving uh, education in the country, but um, there's a reason why I saved this one for last. Headline reads that in the name of equity... Virginia County wants to ban homework, grades, and other standards. <sighs> you know, we've talked about this being a thing for a while now, and here we are again. Arlington County, Virginia, recently introduced a proposal for a new grading system based on the idea of equity that would allow an unlimited number of retakes on assignments. It would ban extra credit. And it would block grading on homework assignments. Uh, Fox News reported on Thursday of this week, in response, numerous teachers of Arlington uh, slammed the proposal, saying that it would essentially give children a free pass and dramatically reduce the quality of education in the county. So, hat tip to the teachers there. Glad to see that they recognize that there must be some matrix involved in determining whether or not the kids are actually learning something. Because without those matrix in play, then you not only cannot verify that they're learning anything, but you take away the motivation for some of them to study in the first place. It's kind of like what happens when you do away with bail or do away with arresting people for crimes of a certain level. You know, let's say, you know, just, I don't know, uh, not at all relevant to anything, but say that you stop uh, arresting people for theft in a store for under a thousand dollars. Yeah, just, just random. Let's say you did that. Could that possibly encourage theft in the, in the store? I, I, I don't know if there's a real-world example that we could point to there or not. I'll leave that up to you. But it's kind of the same deal. And These folks want to give a free pass to students here, and they think it won't affect education. I mean, when the teachers are saying, hey, guys, we, we actually do want to teach, and then we want to make sure that they're learning – testing and homework as part of the tools we use to get there, you probably ought to listen to the teachers when they're saying something like that. Now, proponents of the new system claim that having certain standards, like having late penalties in education, well, that often harms poorer children who may not have had access to resources necessary to complete assignments on time. Uh, so now we're back to the, oh, everybody needs uh, free Internet at home. That's that's the argument. May not have had resources. You couldn't go to the library. You didn't have time to do your homework at school. I, I, 
exposed for some people that is a legitimate concern, but it's not nearly the concern that it once was. It's a bit of a red herring these days, but let's just give them the benefit of the doubt for a second, shall we? Do you really want to tell me that in a public school, at a county school, that these students can't go to the teachers and say, uh, hey, this is my situation is there something else I can do, some other way that I can do this, or can I get an extension? I mean, maybe the teacher says no, but you want to tell me that that can't happen? It sounds like these teachers care enough to point out how bad of an idea this is, so I'm I'm guessing they care enough to help the kids. And beyond that, I, I'm sorry, but unless things have changed drastically, and I know some things have, don't get me wrong, it's been a minute since I've been in class, and some things have changed rather drastically, but unless they've changed in a ridiculous level, usually when you're given long-term assignments, you're normally given a lot of time to do them. So it seems like a penalty for being late on a project sometimes is absolutely appropriate, regardless of what you think about the resources that were available. Uh, also, part of the report from Fox News, quoting here, Additionally, it has been suggested that students should not be graded on homework assignments because the fear of making mistakes will have a negative impact on, the le on their learning process. Okay, here's the problem with that. The fear of making a mistake can either be a detriment or it can be a motivator. But it's one that we have to deal with every day once we're out of school. Again, notably, the left has been trying to eliminate that from everyone's life, too. But you can't be successful if you don't learn how to deal with failure. You can't be successful in life if you don't learn how to occasionally have a flub and then have to overcome it. And you can't be successful if you don't move past the fear of failure, period. Now, there are some occasions where you absolutely should be very concerned about failing. There are certain tasks that if you fail, really bad things are going to happen. But you know how you gain the type of confidence necessary to meet a challenge like that head on? By meeting a lot of lesser challenges head on and learning that Failure in and of itself isn't the end of the world. But more importantly, you learn valuable skills as you go along. The most valuable skill of all is learning how not to be afraid of failing. More often than not, when you overthink a situation, when you become paralyzed by the fear because you're so afraid of failing, that that often is what makes you fail. Now, you may still have been capable of greater level of success than you acquired, but the point of the matter still remains, if you're trying to protect these students from the fear of failing, then you're not really doing them any favors. Dr. Aaron Russo, the principal of Discovery Elementary, in a recent school board meeting regarding this proposal, said there's no labeling of students or ranking of students. It's the ownership of what do I need to work on and where I am. But uh, not everybody in Arlington Public Schools supports the idea. 
Teachers at Wakefield High uh, submitted a lengthy letter of opposition. Uh, Quoting from that letter right now, as educators with decades of experience in APS, we are extremely concerned with several changes proposed in the new grading and homework policy. We believe that these changes will impact students' learning and socio-emotional development and growth in a negative way. The changes, if implemented, will also result in the decline of high expectations and rigor in the classroom across all APS high schools. Now, they also added that deadlines were necessary to develop organizational time and stress management skills and to grow as responsible, civically engaged, and considerate young adults, and that, quote, to achieve these ends, students should be held accountable for completing their work in a timely manner and meeting deadlines that were reasonably established by their teachers. Oh my gosh, do these teachers realize they're sounding almost conservative at the moment? I mean, do they do they realize that? They're pushing back against the school board that thinks they're doing a favor for the teachers. Do the teachers realize? I mean, I mean, let me say that again. Tell me this isn't a conservative ideology. They said that deadlines are necessary to, quote, develop organizational time and stress management skills and to grow as, dare I say it, responsible, civically engaged, and considerate young adults. I didn't know we were concerned about kids being considerate anymore. I guess maybe as long as they expect them to be considerate to them. I, am, am I wrong in making that assertion, though? I don't know. I mean, I, I like what they're saying. As long as they mean it across the board, I like it. To achieve these ends, students should be held accountable. Hold them accountable for completing their work and for completing their work in a timely manner and meeting deadlines that were reasonably established. In other words, if the deadline's ridiculous, uh, looking back at the Chicago's teachers' union, uh, if a deadline is reasonable... Then, uh, then that, too, is a teaching tool. Anyway, back to quoting further. Uh, this the letter. Uh, finally, given the emphasis on equity in today's education systems, we believe that some of the proposed changes will actually have a detrimental impact towards achieving this goal. Families that have means could still provide challenging and engaging academic experiences for their children and will continue to do so, especially if their children are not experiencing expected rigor in the classroom. Translation, rich kid's going to get smarter, poor kid's going to get dumb. Because there's no effort to improve the educational level of the poor kids. The rich kids just going to, the rich parents just going to take their kids to do more stuff outside of school. You know what? That sounds correct to me. Uh, if I was a Facebook fact checker, not that I would ever get hired for that position, I would have to say fact check correct. <sighs> 
More specifically, those families can afford to hire tutors and sign up their children to attend enrichment activities and camps in hopes of preparing them for the college application admissions process. Students who come from families which are not as savvy or aware will be subject to further disadvantage because they'll not be held accountable for not completing their homework assignments or formative assignments according to the deadline set by their teachers. Such results are anything but equitable. Conversely, they offer our most needy students reduced probability of preparing for and realizing post-secondary opportunities. Now, a spokesperson for the Arlington Public Schools told Fox News that its policies are still under evaluation. In other words, we haven't decided for sure that we're going to go forward with it. It kind of depends on how much of a big deal you make out of it. Uh, Quoting here, this work is being done as part of the school board's work to update all policies and PIPs. Uh, This according to the spokesperson. As of right now, and I know, again, that's not how the spokesperson sounded, but it just feels right to me. As of right now, we are having preliminary conversations with instructional staff as to what makes sense in policy and what makes sense in practice at schools. There are two phases of the process before the school board is scheduled to act on any recommendations in May. As part of phase one, We provided some ideas for staff to look at as the starting point and ask all instructional lead teachers to gather feedback from school-based staff on the first working drafts. This is the first of several opportunities for all teachers to provide feedback. Selected staff from each building will also participate directly in the revision process in Phase 2. Now, David Webb from Fox Business. Uh, He argued that the entire proposal was nothing but a race to the bottom, which is a phrase that we've heard before, and I I think he's right. But isn't that kind of where we're at right now? I mean, realistically. Isn't that exactly where we are? It's a race to the bottom, boys and girls. That's where the left wants us. And it's not a flaw. It is the feature. It is by design because now they've decided that uh, American children are just far too well educated. You know, we're beyond the point of just being smart enough to do what we're told, but not smart enough to know how to ask questions, not smart enough how to utilize a little critical thinking to know which questions we should be asking. Nope, nope. Just smart enough to say, hey, I know what they mean when they say go do this. Let's go do it. I, for one, I can't tell you how happy I am to hear a story like this and to be able to report to you that the teachers are pushing back, that the teachers are saying, this is a bad idea. But again, we're, we're trying to codify the racism of low expectations. I don't even think we can continue to call that soft racism anymore, can we? I mean, that's way more detrimental to poor and uh, groups that are part of minorities. It's way more detrimental to those folks 
Now, if you're part of a minority and you are not part of the group that is poor, then you're going to have the same advantages that all the other folks that are able to afford those extracurricular assistance, getting the, the tutors and the, the camps and, and all that other stuff. But it, it is about moving forward with an elitist ideology. It is about the continuation of the dumbing down of the American public. They want us now to the point where we're not asking any questions at all. They want us to the point where we tell you something, and even if we tell you something different five minutes from now that is entirely contradictory to what we've already told you, that you're going to continue to spout off both points, even if they're close together, and you're not going to listen when somebody points out to you, hey, aren't those kind of opposites? Doesn't it mean necessarily that if one of those is true that the other one can't be? They want them to freeze up and to go into non-player mode. I am a non-playable character in this video game. I just do what I've basically been programmed. Don't ask me to do anything else. The NPC is having to, to do NPC things. And in the meanwhile, we're left with a group of kids that don't get an education at all. The education is becoming less and less. So God bless the teachers standing up here. From saying this is a bad idea and that this actually runs counter to the idea of equality. It doesn't run counter to equity, but it does run counter to equality. And equality should be the goal. Equality should be the template that we're moving forward to, that we're trying to achieve, because it's equality that is the solution to all the race baiters' problems and complaints. Equity only continues to exacerbate the problem. Because when you just give equity, that equity becomes worthless, meaningless, useless, valueless. It doesn't become any equity at all. You have more equitable outcomes, then you go earn the equity. Equity is something that should be earned if you want it to have any value. And everybody can earn equity if you live in a just society that deals with equality. You should be on an equal footing to pursue your goals and it should be up to your effort your work ethic and your talent as to how successful you are not somebody saying that well clearly you're successful because you were never tested what kind of grades are you making in school we don't we don't get grades really then how do you know how you're doing? Yeah, they say we're doing okay. They say who? Which they? And how do they determine that? I don't know. And the point is, they don't know either. And they want the same answer. They want the same response when they ask you a question like, what year was the Declaration of Independence signed? Ah. What year was the United States Constitution ratified? I don't know. What was the final state to ratify the Constitution? What's a state? I mean, that, that's literally what they want. They want us so dumbed down that we don't question them. And sadly, unfortunately, that's the route we're on. That's where we're headed. That's where we're going right now. 
We literally have school boards where this is the recommendation, where somebody is so mush-minded that they think this is a solution. Because it's one or the other. And I I don't like attributing malice when incompetence uh, can be just as likely an explanation. I I don't like making that comparison. I know I'm not the first person to say that either, but legitimately incompetence normally uh, defines and describes the issue way more often than malice. Because this is the kind of thing where you convince somebody who's mush-minded that this is a way we're helping the children. And they're like, well, I can see how it might put these children under unnecessary stress. Let's, Let's not keep scores in sports games. And let's give everybody trophies because... They're a winner just for participating. And, oh, now you're getting grades, and, and you're getting good grades, but you're not getting good grades? Well, that that's probably not your fault that you're not getting good grades. So why are we, why are we sitting here making you feel bad for making bad grades when, when we could just stop giving grades at all? Yeah, that'll help. So mush-minded that they honestly believe that. Now, what that means is they also have been a victim of the public school system. They also have been indoctrinated into believing this tripe and into not critically thinking about what might possibly be a real solution. And white liberal leftist elitists are the worst. Oh, we will save you, people of color who just really need a fair shake, should be held to the same expectations, should be held accountable to the same standards, should should be capable of stepping up and being successful on your own uh, with your own merits because that's how we do this in this country. Nope, can't have that. All right, going to have to leave things right there for uh, today. Thank you so very much for listening. As always, I do greatly appreciate it, especially if you made it this far. Uh, please don't hesitate to visit Tap Into the Truth. That's T-A-P-P, Into the Truth, all one word, dot com. Uh, check out uh, all the uh, stuff going on there. And uh, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and, most importantly, to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, stay safe out there, uh, be careful, and, uh, you know, uh, stay healthy if you can, and uh, be smart, even if it goes against your nature. Happy New Year, everybody, and let's go, Brandon. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon.
gun control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Is using both hands. Well, I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223. Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family. Using both hands. <laughs>